Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Mim. Hiya. And welcome back to Starlover Substance to those of you tuning in to this podcast. Um, welcome. <laughs> we are back for another episode. We took a break last week mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. We're not going to get into it. It's boring. But <laughs> we're back for um, like a topic this week. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to continue on with a guest next week. So thanks for sticking with us, guys. Um, but yeah, how are you, Scarlett? I'm all right, Mim. I'm all right. I'm feeling a little warm. And judging by the temperatures we had in this country last week, mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying feeling warm. But I'll I'll touch on that more for my fashion story. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Yeah, just probably 80% wine at this stage. (laughs) (laughs) I have a vodka cranberry with me. Um, I've drank half of it, but I'll pace myself. I don't want to get slurry. You know what? I really like cranberry juice as um, a mixer. Yeah. Yeah. Cranberry juice is underappreciated. It definitely is. But how Mm -hmm. is it? I'm okay. As I was saying to you, like, we're trying to figure out if there's a ghost in this flat because we're getting some weird vibrations going on. <laughs> well, what is your fashion story this week, Mimula? So my fashion story is, I don't want to say like a philosophical question, but it's like a high level thoughts <sighs> question. Okay. Yeah. So perusing the business of fashion website they have an article entitled from west to east recentering the fashion world and basically recently uniqlo you know that japanese mm-hmm. brand that does all those basics and colored uniqlo things, yeah. yeah and like their down puffers and whatnot they are becoming one of the world's most valuable fashion businesses and they're basically hot on Inditex's heels, mm-hmm. which is, you know, own Zara and lots and lots of other brands. Um, and they're like the kings of fast fashion. So they're like, they're becoming more and more valuable as a fashion brand. And they're based out in Japan. And the premise of this article is, is the center of the fashion world moving more towards asia as companies like those become more valuable Mm -hmm. and then it was like in the context of what's happening now we see asia and the far east not just asia but like australia and those places opening up quicker 
than what is happening over in the West. Everyone's out shopping now. Everyone's kind of back to normal, more or less. And I was thinking like, Firstly, I think we could do an episode on this because I think there's a lot that we could probably learn and research on. But like, secondly, I could see that happening, like the new guard, you know, like streetwear. And um, there's a lot of money and a lot of big spenders. And, you know, and I know working for luxury brands that a lot of their strategy is about targeting that Chinese Japanese especially Chinese but you know Mm. Japanese and other Asian nations market because you know there's a lot of money to be had and they love to travel and love to spend money whilst they're abroad and so I could definitely see maybe in 10-15 years Asia is the place to go shopping And Mm. to find some like really unique pieces that say LV are only releasing over there because they've got that market for. Yeah. What's your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of Uniqlo and I think I turned to Uniqlo for a lot of their, um, a lot of their technical fabrics. So like you mentioned Mm -hmm. the puffer, um, that's one of the most versatile pieces of like, I need to get my own. Yeah, I need to get it's one. I got this incredible. big one for Christmas. Uh-huh. It fits under anything. It's really lightweight. It's yeah. hot, but it also can be really warming. I used it when I was in Russia and it was such a valuable layer. Um, I've, I recently got some thermals from there because my flat was not kind to me this winter and I had to wear <laughs> thermals indoors. But that was, I would 100% always turn there for stuff mm-hmm. like thermals and even like people in our friendship group from school have been like I don't necessarily want to shop at Zara or like a typical high street shop and they would prefer to spend their money at a place a bit less into fast fashion and like mm-hmm. trend mm-hmm. and get just some like decent clothes and Uniqlo would be somewhere they turn but like the Asian market is incredible for fashion what a fashionable continent for one and a range of styles on that continent but also like you said like the Chinese market in particular is it's it's like you said out from the inside it's a really important market Mm -hmm. and also I think that the world's opening up a bit I think we all want to be a bit more unique again you know mm-hmm. like as much as I love that Gucci Gigi belt what would always stop me from buying that is because so many other people <laughs> have it and mm-hmm. do I then get put in a bracket and I think that China has so a has so many great designers so does Australia Australia's mm-hmm. actually got some incredible fashion They've designers. Got some good bits especially like brands that you find on the internet mm-hmm. Australia is really kicking it and I love Zimmerman yeah and they've got great swimwear brands and Mm. stuff like that so I definitely think there hopefully will be a shift whether it the epicenter becomes the west but I for sure think that more more um worldwide sort of reach for clothing like brands like farfetch are really good at that yeah because they basically house lots of boutiques mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but yeah i definitely think that it will be much more um of a worldwide reach in the next kind of 10 to yeah, 15 years in fact definitely i think that 
we're going to do predictions again guys but I definitely think we can make this into a whole kind of episode where we can flesh Mm -hmm. out our points but you know how Europe is seen as like heritage brands drives like um the quality and craftsmanship kind of Mm -hmm. space in fashion and New York is seen as like or the USA is seen as like commercialized fashion with all these like big department stores going under in the US I could completely see how like more commercial brands are like gonna be it's gonna be big over in mm-hmm. Asia it's gonna like move over do you know what I mean I don't know sure. I don't know how sure. but that's just my on my baseless prediction <laughs> yeah but then I wonder if there's something to be said of the the main thing that people from Asia do when they travel to Europe is shop so I wonder what that says, but that's that's I think for that's another more time. down to taxes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is your fashion story? Let's get into it. Um, so my fashion story is, you know, a quintessential English weather dilemma. Okay, okay. So look, I'm not one of those people that likes to rant about how bad weather is in the UK because you know what, I live here. So let's not make myself feel bad about it. It could be yeah. worse. It could be better. Um, but we have just had like a real cold front and we're now transitioning into like a mild temperature. Mm. So I went for a walk today because what else do you do? And the dilemma of how many layers to wear struck me. Mm. And I hadn't had this dilemma for a while because it's been really cold. So you just throw on as many clothes as you physically can fit under your coat at the moment. Yeah. Um, but now we're sort of entering a slightly warmer front that it's like, I forgot it's that thing of you just have to have so many layers in British weather. It is the same in summer. It is the same in winter, spring, autumn. It is just like, there's just this real inbuilt fear into me. I hate being cold. Mm-hmm. They're like, you just have to pack loads of layers. And I find it like just so frustrating. You know, you can't skip out for a summer's day and just a dress. You need to have like a cardigan or a jacket just in case. Yeah. You know, you're going to regret having bare legs a little bit later on. Yeah. Like English weather is really difficult to dress for, you know, like you can have a an outfit in your mind. You know, when you like you style yourself in your mind and you're like, yeah, I'm pulling pieces together and I think that's going to be it. And then you got to throw on another few layers or yeah. like or some, you have to have something that just ruins the look. OK, and it reminds you that Instagram is not real. Yeah, this is the biggest like bone that I have to pick <laughs> with. We know you didn't walk or do anything no. outside. You handed your friend your little coat to take that pick, you know? Yeah. I know what you mean. It's just the unpredictability mm. of weather over here. That's like something we will never grasp and we will always moan about. But yeah, you always got to have a jacket that goes with the look. And that's not always easy. Like I've no. I've got a fair amount of coats, okay? Like I'll mm-hmm. admit it. I've got a fair amount of coats. But some have a very specific look. Mm. Yeah. And not and so like yesterday I found myself in this dilemma again where I was like, mm, I need a coat like this just like to make this look complete. But then I was like, that's mental. I've already got like 10 coats hanging up out there. <laughs> like I, know. I think next week's it's guest, fashionable she dilemmas. Will... Mm. Uh, our guest that we have next week she would just like kill us if she heard us like oh but our coat doesn't really go with the outfit like 
Got to think about your footprint, folks. That's a little (laughs) sneak peek hint as to our guest. Yeah. Um, I I completely get you. I know it's tricky. I have a lot of jackets. I have leather ones, suede ones, like nylon-y ones, which are like, um, what are they called? Like them sports sports Mm. ones. Know what you mean? Um, denim ones, and those are for high summer. Yeah, the highest of high summer in the UK. Well, and also like I've because, got a leather jacket, but I mm. had to make a decision on what size I bought. Did I want to be able to fit the thickest woolly jumper underneath it, or did yeah. I want it to look nice more in milder temperatures? And like, I think, and again, our guests would hate this. I think you need a winter leather jacket and a summer one. I've said it. <laughs> yeah, the loose ones. Yeah. Oh, you know what the winter ones are? They're the ones that are lined with shearling. Yes. Kind of mm. uh, aviator jacket. I've got Those like a faux shearling ones. one, but one mm. day I aspire for it to be a real one. Yeah. A real deal. Yeah. I know what you mean. We interrupt this broadcast to remind you, go follow us on Instagram, starloversubstancepod. Shoot us an email, starloversubstancepeak at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube, find us on Twitter. We've got all the links on our Instagram. You know what to do. But we digress. Our yes. topic this week, we are discussing what in the thing how the things we watch actually sink in so much more than we want them to and can actually even affect our spending habits. And mm-hmm. I saw an article online basically asking the question. We've been in athleisure for a good year now. I discovered it a little late. You all know that. But is something like the new reboot or the new film of Sex and the City going to make us refine our Manolos, refine, you know, these fashion forward outfits? And I know that might kind of sound crazy, but for context, guys, I'm going to throw like a figure at you. Mm -hmm. The most watched Netflix show that is Bridgerton has increased the sales of corsets and tea sets and even vintage furniture each mm-hmm. by minimum a third so, so that's like 30 33% increase so corsets on sales. are up 40% puffy sleeve dresses up 30% afternoon tea sets up 40% wisteria 300% you know, like it's not just clothes, like it's it's the full look and we absorb mm. what we watch and we are what we watch, not what mm-hmm. we eat. Um, <laughs> so much more than we would love to know, like or care mm. to admit. And yeah, I think we don't realise that consumerism is so real. So yeah. yeah, it's really interesting because we like to see ourselves 
well, very much the idea of being an individual is so much touted. In control. Yeah, we're in control of our thoughts, our dress sense and everything with individuals. But, you know, it doesn't take a genius to see that, you know, we dress in tribes and according to what piques our interest. And I think what's interesting the the idea of, of us questioning this reboot of Sex in the City will it have this fashion impact on us again as it did mm-hmm. the first go around because we live in a world now where we believe that like oh no I don't watch TV anymore I watch YouTube and I'm influenced by that or I watch TikTok and I'm influenced by that or I watch streaming services like Hulu's like mm-hmm. um, the Netflixes of the world and stuff and. It's, I just definitely think that we, more than ever, are so susceptible to this, this fashion influence. And, um, but I mean, my question is, said yeah. people influence our peers. How many people did the Savage Love Dance on TikTok? Now, oh we, we are not the target age for TikTok. Um, no qualms if that's oh, what you no, want to do. Oh no, I love do. TikTok though. Like, oh, I'm on it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but, like I haven't made a savage love video. No, no, no. Um, no. but you know, like if all your friends are doing it, mm. and it's not even peer pressure, it's kind of like to be part of the gang. It's like, you know, that's the equivalent of playing in the playground now with your friends, and especially remotely right now. And mm-hmm. um, you know, these things are so. We just we do whatever sort of of the moment you know definitely like just to give context to the cultural phenomenon that was sex in the city i believe it ran for only about six about six years from the late 90s to the early 2000s um for those who don't know there were four main characters and they each like embodied a different style you had um sarah jessica parker who was this girl about town professional but like kind of whimsical girly character um her character was Carrie you had Samantha Jones who was this high-powered professional um really sex positive and she embodied like a style that was bold with power suits and Mm -hmm. things you had Cynthia Nixon who um played a character called Miranda she was another professional but she played up to her I don't want to play into being a girly girl in and order I think to express my femininity trying to like she wasn't ever wanting to seem to be dressing for a man yes she was exactly. very much dressing for herself only yeah but in a really conscious mm-hmm. sense um and then you had Kirsten Davis who played Charlotte and she was the conservative American married who had an adoptive daughter didn't she mm-hmm. and she wore things that were more like a a conservative housewife who was Mm -hmm. like but very pretty and youthful and like gorgeous and so they all were like best friends but they were completely different characters in themselves and anyway massively successful like you had two films that came out of it after the series had ended and then you had the Carrie Diaries which um kind of documented the main character's life Carrie before the main series so that's you know it was a really big cultural deal and 
to talk about how it influenced fashion, we'd have to talk about some of its like biggest, most popular styles and fashion trends that it influenced while the show was running. I mean, I remember even she wore this very voluminous, 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 Mm -hmm. voluminous tulle skirt, very Mm -hmm. ballerina-esque. And Mm -hmm. for ages, that was a huge thing. I remember wanting like to buy one at one point and be like, I've got nowhere to wear that. In the opening credits. Yeah. And it's that thing of like, it's this sort of. And it comes back in in like time and time again. It's something that always reappears on the fashion scene. And it's this sort of, it's very flattering if you've got a small waist and, you know, it looks really nice with a pair of heels and all of this stuff. And that was such a cultural thing of the tall skirt and mm-hmm. inspiring loads of girls and you can find one in black if you're a bit more like edgy and punky Mm -hmm. and you don't really want like one that looks like it's from ballet but you could have super feminine ones and like you know glittered sparkles Mm -hmm. um and like that carry necklace the name necklace Mm -hmm. I remember buying my friend a name necklace Mm -hmm. and 100% they became a rage because of it yeah but I think it's for someone who maybe didn't grow up in that era or wasn't exposed to it. Like you have to understand that a tall ne- um, tall neck was a tall skirt was synonymous with ballet. Mm-hmm. And who wore them in ballet? Little girls. And yeah. it was like almost like a juvenile dress up thing to wear. Um, and grown women didn't buy tall skirts to wear yeah. in the street. And you have to remember, like, during the 80s and 90s, where women were, like, entering the workforce, like, as, like, as it was power professionals. Yeah. <laughs> to be, like, prancing in the street, like, in your, like, leotard and your um, tall skirt, as Carrie does, was not a thing that you, as a professional woman, maybe seeming to give off that impression mm, and again sure. nameplate necklaces um she, Carrie was this you know middle class upper middle class like city professional who wore a nameplate which was really common in like other cultures like black communities mm-hmm. for a long time a lot of gold jewelry was worn but to see someone who was not of that culture to be wearing a nameplate was huge yeah it was it was taking fashion out of a context and kind of exposing it to a new demographic Mm -hmm. yeah and I think there's 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 so many points along the way that it was a really important show for like you said even just bringing culturally different different um whether it's accessories or styling. Mm. And this was also before the days where it was cultural appropriation or anything like that. It was, it was, it was always playing with fashion in this show, like that it was never meant to offend. It was always, you know, pushing the boat. It was testing fashion. Mm. And it it's a show that made like the artist that is Manolo Blanick. A household name mm-hmm. we all know christian Louboutin, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong there's a reason he's a craft a craftsman and all of that stuff but manolo blanick is like is a like epic craftsman mm-hmm. and is not really someone that would have been a household name it was very niche in the 
Welsh fashion you mm-hmm. shoes circle and it like it's synonymous with her wedding shoes synonymous with where she would run to when she got her paycheck mm-hmm. and like that's the power of these of these programs that this guy's this guy's revenue has probably never dipped yeah you know since or to where it was it has probably helped elevate that brand and that is the power Mm -hmm. of you know a fashion forward show like sex in the city i've got another point that i want to touch on and kind Mm -hmm. of ask you about but just to kind of run through some of the other success stories when we talk yeah. about fashion trends, we obviously had the baguette, the Fendi baguette, which comes in thousands, I would I would argue thousands of iterations mm-hmm. to the present day. Things like women wearing uh, animal print again and it not being seen as so much of a childish you know the cheetah girls kind of look. it was <laughs> it was seen as something that could be sexy and mature things like slip dresses which Mm -hmm. was no longer seen as undergarments but as something that could be worn out and be styled and be sexy um what else was there the dior saddle bag designed by john galliano which has come back has been revived again by dior yeah bigger than ever um and like the initial kind of popularity of these things mm. not like leopard print and nameplates and stuff but when we're talking about Fendi baguette and we're talking about Dior saddlebags their initial popularity is stemmed in sex in the city you know it's arguably like Patricia Fields who was the costume designer mm-hmm. at the time I don't know hit gold and the show was really important in that sense but a question I have for you is the nature of TV has changed Sex in the City used to come out each week mm-hmm. on, like, in America, like, what they call cable TV. Yeah. Here it would have been on, like, I don't know, regular terrestrial or whatever. But it came out every week. So you saw, you know, the, like, the power of repetition mm-hmm. over a long span of time is is massive because it, like, embeds in your psyche. I don't know. Now, where we have, like, series drops, you get, like, 12 episodes at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're seeing, okay, we could say Balenciaga is doing product placement in Emily in Paris. I haven't watched the series. We've talked about this before. But as a hypothetical, and it's product placement, you binge-watching something over a weekend or a week do you think that has the same level of impact and influence on you as something that's like stretched over six years and you seeing like those glimpses and you're seeing like Carrie like reworking that bag with different outfits? Do you think that happens? I actually really don't. Mm. Um, I think that, like you said, the nature of us binging um, is very sharp, sharp. Yes. Okay. You might go, oh, really want that bag from Emily in Paris or what X TV show. But the next weekend you're going to be finding something else. And so I think that the length of time you lust after that Mm. is diminished significantly. And sure, you might be thinking about it for a while. And with shows a bit like an Emily in Paris, you see it, you see it all over Instagram for like the month it's released and all of that stuff and people Mm. talking about it, which might keep that. Oh yeah, I really liked that bag actually. Oh, I really liked that. But, as time goes on, 
there'll be another show that does that and like that's kind of the cycle I will say there's not as many and Emily in Paris was also styled by Patricia Field and there aren't as many TV shows that really like try and be there in the fashion game and like whether you liked the fashion as another yeah, that's true. but not very many shows are super into fashion I shows I mean I watched all the shows growing up of like One Tree Hill, 90210, Gossip Girl, all of that. Gossip Girl was fashion. The others weren't. Like Grey's Anatomy, hugely popular, long-running show, not to do with fashion whatsoever. So that's still quite rare to have a show really rely and have almost in the arc of their story be about fashion. Like let's be honest, the storyline of Emily in Paris is not revolutionary. Her mm-hmm. outfits create more discussion points than the stories. Mm-hmm. So there's fewer of those. But to be honest, you know, you can watch Shit's Creek or a rerun of Friends and be like, oh my God, I loved that top like Monica was wearing. I'm going to see if that like th- there's something like that on ASOS or in Zara. Mm. Um, I think we're like that. But if there isn't, I don't think the long-term lusting continues. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. And I think from what you've said, we all watched, except me, watched (laughs) Emily in Paris. And for that, like, let's say the buzz was really about like two, three weeks where everyone was making YouTube videos about mm-hmm. the styling and how bad it was and how the script was rubbish, but it was a how lot. How does this girl with like a middle marketing job own this many Chanel handbags? Exactly. <laughs> and these like Christian Louboutins mm. and Balenciaga, but it's like, how can she afford it? These outfits don't make sense, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I think had we been given more time to understand the character of Emily in Paris, we would have grown to accept her situation and her styling. Styling might be rubbish, but I can say there were lots of outfits in Sex and the City which were equally as bad. But we've we've conveniently (laughs) forgotten about those. And we only really talk about Sex and the City in the context of influential fashion. And I really think that yeah. Netflix and Patricia Fields thought they were going to be creating another Sex in the City. Like they thought they were onto something good and everyone just trashed it for like two weeks. And yeah. it is about us getting used to the characters and understanding how the fashion plays a role as an accessory to the main story. And we, I think time plays a role in that and we have to grow to accept, okay, she's you know she's this American in Paris she doesn't have this um she doesn't have a job that really um she can afford all this brand new stuff but maybe she's buying them off Vestia Mm. maybe she's you know we're gonna start giving her excuses as to why she can a afford this stuff and b why she even puts these things together yeah I think that works in their favor I also think we're now living in a time where um, we have the patience of <laughs> nothing. Goldfish. We are, <laughs> we are so overcritical as a society. We've been raised to it. I was literally, before we were recording this, me and my flatmate were remembering Heat Magazine used to have like circles of shame 
where they would literally circle a picture of a woman's cellulite or try and take unflattering pictures of women oh my god on the beach so this is the society we've been raised in is to nitpick Mm. and yes of course we're getting better but that's the society we were raised in so like that should hopefully flush out a little Mm. but we also it's natural because we do it to ourselves we might not Mm. necessarily do it to other people anymore but I for sure do it to myself Mm -hmm. like we nitpick and so we very quickly determine if we're like on it or not and you know what like there's always a lot of talk about old shows, the likes of a friend or a sex in the city, and if it's relevant now or if it's like inappropriate or there's different like elements to it that like wouldn't be remade now. Well, it wasn't made now. Mm, and mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah, there were so many looks that Carrie wore. And was Carrie actually in hindsight really annoying? Like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But we just didn't look at shows in that way. And I think that happens sometimes when you do binge watch it. Imagine looking forward to a show every week and like, you know, you're just really excited. Oh my God, it's a week until you were left on that cliffhanger of what's going to happen with Mr. Big. What's going to like happen? What outfit is she going to wear for this important date? We don't have those moments. And I think actually suspense is really important in life to build this mm. like big moment yeah yeah I agree with you I think that we have this short attention span because we just have so much content mm. pushed in our direction to be honest and you know we have this... like I know everyone jokes that they've completed Netflix like I, I have not and like, I've watched a lot <laughs> I've watched I watch a lot of telly like in yeah. these evenings because what else is there to do I'm not I have not made a dent on Netflix in mm. the larger sense of how many hours worth of content there is on there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let alone combining all the other streaming services yeah and when you talk about suspense in relation to product placement you know diehard Sex in the City fans watching it from the beginning and then we got the film was it the film Yes, when Mr. Big proposed to her, wasn't it the film? Yeah, mm-hmm. and not that French dude in the series. Um, oh, and he proposed <laughs> He proposed with Manolo Blonix. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh. it was, we knew that, obviously she'd been talking about sex and relationships throughout this whole program, but it was the build that, oh my God, Carrie's actually going to get married. What is she going to wear? We've been wondering this for years. Yeah. So whatever she puts on her is going to be like a round of applause. It's going to be this like climatic moment. Doesn't matter. Are you still watching? Click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And so it 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 builds suspense and in and excitement and anticipation for the brand that she's going to wear, for the model of shoe that she's going to wear, for the color that she's going to wear. And that's, I think that's like the beauty of product placement. If yeah. it's in, not in this like fleeting moment. Oh, that's nice. Oh, okay. Whatever. Yeah. Next scene. It's like, it's part of the story, but there's this build up towards it. There's this build up to the reveal. Um, and in the same way, like we talk about what are you wearing for your wedding? Like if you know someone's engaged, mm. there's this like eight, 10, 12 month run up to like, the moment you see the bride what's her hair look like what's her makeup like what's her shoes like what's her dress like what's the venue looking like and so 
we remember those moments more because there mm. is such a build to it. Definitely. Um, and to sort of loop back on whether I think it will change the way people dress, I think in parts yes and I think in parts no. Um, I think that I'm sort of an all or nothing person. Like, yeah, I could turn up somewhere wearing full full sequin, full leopard print, high heels and like, all the makeup that I could throw on my face or it could be in jeans and a top and stuff like that but I do think it will encourage like some more of those high fashion moments throwing on those heels again like remembering that that feels nice it might not be the most comfortable and we're all used to comfort right now <laughs> but I do think it will inspire us to like yeah like that is especially if you watched it in the old times and you're of that certain age well like you can't help but associate that with like getting dressed up and you know like yeah like it's it's like for me it's like oh that's just like imagine walking through New York and always wearing heels like it's that thing of like oh like in another life or yeah it's fantasy it's a fantasy and I think that it it will re it will rebirth the fantasy for quite a few people yeah, I think you're right in that sense. At a time where we haven't been able to wear what we wanted, go places that we've wanted to. I have um, watched some YouTubers who are like luxury fashion YouTubers mm. and they've maybe been more conscious of what they're buying. But I think it's been a time where we've had a moment to maybe save for that big purchase, that bag that we wanted. And we're itching to like be donning it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> at some point. Um, so I think that we are as a global community or whatever we're itching for those like our personal fashion moments and so sure. that's if if the reboot of this aligns with us being out in the world and traveling and stuff there's going to be this like people are itching to shop mm-hmm. and to spend and stuff but as you like I think you touched on the point before that saying that sex in the city fashion was fun first and foremost Mm -hmm. I think that is like the core to its fashion success that it got a chance it gave women a chance to see what they could possibly do with their fashion like we we all experience that you know two hour round trip commute in the morning and in the evening from like the office Mm -hmm. to home and vice versa and so we're thinking about what's the most comfortable shoe, what's the most practical bag, what's the most like easy to dry clean or easy to wash suit or pieces or dress or item or whatever. Um, and Sex in the City was like, yeah, all these ladies live and work in New York City. Yeah, they probably earn more than the average woman, whatever. But it doesn't matter if they're going to the office, to dinner, to work all night long, got tough jobs long hours it does they are putting on like their best and piecing yeah they're not saving it they're not saving it for best they're like wearing it every day and they're like which I love and I actually think that's a really great great thing and I'm definitely victim of that like especially at the moment I have an office where I have to be relatively smart and I kind of have like a uniform of these those clothes I have a few that like a transitional that I would wear in normal life too but I'm also kind of like oh I want to have like my office like attire and then my like other life attire but I'm like and also 
I don't even dress that jazzy, guys, but I'm definitely like the most interesting dresser at my work. (laughs) (laughs) Which isn't (laughs) saying much. Like, I'm not boring, but like, they're just pretty much like suited and booted, and that's kind of it. Just like Mm, black and white. And I'm sort of there being like, oh, I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I don't think highly of myself. That's not what that was. but like that sometimes used to restrain me is to like pushing the boat out even more. But mm. I tell you now, I am going to push that boat out. And I don't yeah. care if like, yeah, you guys want to wear your just pretty like bog standard gray suits. That's great. And you look cool. And I don't judge that. But I'm also just going to be a bit freer and embrace the playfulness, I think, with fashion. That's yeah. something I really want to like aspire for in my family. Yeah, I think there's definitely space for a Sex in the City reboot. Now, do I want it to happen on a personal level because I think that they can do just as good of a job? No, <laughs> not really. I think it, there was a, it was a, it was a moment and, back in the early, yeah. you know, 2000s. But do I think we're ready for a fashion moment? Yeah, definitely. At a time when also like, we, you know, we've been watching fashion shows. Maybe we don't comment on them on every single show, mm-hmm. but some brands have decided not to put on a show mm-hmm. um, or they've decided to do it at their own pace. We don't have that excitement of Fashion Week anymore. And maybe this will just fill a void that we're missing. I bet a fashion the, North Star. there'll be such a competition or like all these designers I bet that I bet Patricia's had a few texts since the announcement of this reboot like buttering her up because it is it's really influential what we watch on screen like highly so and I was going to run through a few things that you wouldn't expect to have influenced from screen I'm gonna start with Doctor Who has increased bow ties being cool and being worn again and it increased sales by 94% of bow ties and like I'm not someone who watches Doctor Who and I don't think I know anyone who does but young boys do watch it if they're into sci-fi and that might Mm. like inspire them but I'm 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 a big fan of a bow tie I will say that yeah I love Um, one too so that's I'm happy with that but like that you aren't watching Doctor Who for fashion inspiration no you're not but you it's, subconsciously have been seeing bow ties and it's then the association yeah it's the association of it if I wear a bow tie I might be just as smart mm-hmm. you know yeah <laughs> um one of the craziest things is um tinnies <gasps> went up so Fleabag the the hot priest we all know if we've watched Fleabag, we know the hot priest. Okay, he drank out of an M&S tinny, a gin and tonic tinny to be specific, and that spiked sales across the entire country. They went up thirty percent the week after. That is bizarre. What? Just because a hot priest is drinking that drink, you think you need that? I don't remember him being that hot anyway. Like first no, off, but like, and secondly, that's not something that the just UK you drink doesn't... It doesn't mean he's going to go out with you. I know. Like, 
that's something that we like drink anyway especially in the summer you always yeah. like pass by M&S so you go to the park or you're on your way home and you're like oh fancy a drink so along the same vein if you've heard of the Netflix series to all the boys I've loved Peter Kavinsky who's like the main character he's like the little young people will love him he drank a Yakult and the mm. stock rose by three percent that's insane because of it and it's it will again be the case of i fancy him oh my god he drinks yakult i'm gonna drink yakult but like i'm not being funny guys yakult has been around for a while it's a probiotic yeah like don't drink a probiotic just because a boy did then moving on to pets funny nemo nearly made clownfish an endangered species because people (laughs) bought into it so much and again like running through it dalmatians there was a mm-hmm. huge influx and we oh, are on the I cusp can... of a remake of Cruella with... You know what? I can Emma see Snow. that big time because Cruella de Vil is a fashion icon. She is. And you can fight me about that. She 100% is. Um, but like that will 100%, I think, you'll see that increase with the the remake of Cruella or the new Cruella film. Mm-hmm. But we just, we see, I'm definitely like susceptible especially when it comes to dogs you see like these cute dogs like you constantly see like an influencer who's got a scent of dog you're like i want a dachshund and then you're like do i or is it just because i'm getting a lot of that content yeah or it's like aesthetically pleasing yeah Mm. and like in the boring way have i researched if they're compatible with my lifestyle Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, yeah because you know i don't own a million pound house in the country um but yeah, like these are the kind of things that can happen from watching shows and telly. So the impact of that is really is really important. And I think at a time where we might really need it and we might really want to refine our wardrobe, I kind of have days where I like suddenly I'm like, oh, should I dress like normal? And like I don't most of the time and because my flat's been quite cold, so I haven't really been able to wear something that's not a thick jumper. Mm-hmm. But you, so I'm suddenly, I wore jeans for the first time in about six months, maybe. Really? <laughs> like this week. I mean, first of all, I haven't wanted to know if they, I just didn't want to know how tight they would be. Like, I was just like, <laughs> do I need to know that? And also... I haven't sat in jeans for so long and jeans aren't actually the most comfortable thing to wear. Yeah, um, I don't buy, sk- I, I quit like buying skinny jeans years ago. I only buy mum fit straight legs because yeah. they're not comfortable unless they're loose. But even even straight leg and stuff like that, like when you sit down in them and you haven't had denim in your crotch for a little while, uh, like, mm. it takes getting used to. Yeah, it's an experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we, I think we'll all be searching any of us who love our clothes, any of us who, you know, like you take some time or you take some thought with your clothes or you, you know, you love your things. I think we'll all be like striving for that fantasy of, yeah, I am going to go for some drinks with my friend. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to mm. like push the boat out a little bit more or like, I don't know, even if you just pack you've got some commuter shoes and maybe you have some work appropriate shoes, but you like you throw in some like a little sneaky number to add to this ensemble for when you meet for cocktails and all yep. that stuff like do it and i think that i think that this film 
it will influence us and impact us more than we know Mm -hmm. definitely yeah same I'm definitely going to be watching oh um, for sure mainly to see how terrible it is without Samantha um and for the fashion moments for sure they the second film like stepped up the fashion another level Mm -hmm. I forgot the better um (laughs) but like it's so high fashion they're literally taking looks off a runway they are going for it and I think that'll be really exciting like you said we haven't seen a fashion week for a really long time or what we would call a normal fashion week and Mm -hmm. I think it will be a really fun way to enjoy even like seeing JLo at the inauguration in just a full Chanel look Mm. that's like a little a little snippet Mm. of how it will feel you know you just want to see these looks elsewhere and because there haven't been these events there hasn't been anything for us to enjoy fashion looks not on a supermodel yeah that's super important to see yeah looks that, not on like a looks in context of yeah. life yeah 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 um i think it will be huge for the brands that get worn like huge i'm actually really excited for them after like a really tough time i think that could be a really important thing for them but i think as well for us like regular folks we want to wear we want to wear some cool clothes ma'am 100 percent um, I think we should like maybe pose a question to the listeners. Oof, okay. Go what it. is the item that you grew up coveting after seeing a celebrity or a TV personality or a show or something, something you saw on TV that you then wanted in your life? That's going to be our question of the week, I think. Sure. Um, I can answer it because I already oh. know. Do you have one? I don't know if I do, but you answer yours and I'll have a think. Mine were baggy boyfriend jeans <sighs> paired with Converse's after seeing Rihanna Ponder replay. I was like, I need to be doing something oh, on the no. replay with them. I don't know. I just needed that look. And I then bought, I can't remember how long it was after seeing that music video, but I did start wearing like those baggier low-rise boyfriend mm-hmm. jeans. I think it was a thing for a while, but um, yeah, I still love them. Okay, I guess along that sort of a line, I was a huge busted fan. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> like huge. Um, but I definitely was like used to dress very grungy for yeah. a while, mm-hmm. and I definitely wore sort of like. I had those belts. Do you remember them that are basically like a seatbelt? You know? Oh, yes. I used to wear stuff like that and I would have like wide fitting, like I dressed very tomboy and that probably was subconsciously a bit like the McFly busted style a bit. I also have two brothers and always craved sort of like fitting in with them. Okay. Well, that's the end of the episode, guys. Um, We're going to pose this question to you on Instagram and uh, we'd love to hear what you think. Are you that impressionable? Do you not give a shit? Maybe we'll do like a Maybe poll. you're cooler than than that, you know? Yeah, you're better than us. <laughs> I'm not. I'm really sadly not. Yeah, well, thanks again for listening for another week. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And we'll see you next week, guys. Ciao. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.